Hey brothers and sisters, happy Sabbath. This time is a really, really troubling time for most people. I just want to open in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to be your children, the blessing that it is to serve you, the blessing it is to live for you. We ask that your protection and Holy Spirit pour out its protection and its seal upon all of your people and be merciful to those that don't know you yet or don't know they're called to be your children. Lord, let us be lights in this dark world. Let your spirit reign this, your Sabbath day. Let our hearts and minds be prepared to receive from your truth. No matter who in this congregation is being used, let it be not them, but including myself, but be, let it be your words through us. In Jesus' name, amen. It's so different from not being able to see all your faces, those that we know and we love and we're able to fellowship with weekly up until all this uh, social distancing and all these restrictions. But we're to be wise, we're not to jeopardize, we're to follow the leadership of our not only our council and this government, but our elders in the church. And even though we have faith and we know that we're in God's hands, we don't want to jeopardize or step out from under the covering. But as my mind was thinking on what to speak on this week, I was just pouring over all the stuff that's been happening personally with work and with, with my family and, and with those that are around me and seeing some of the struggles and seeing some of the posts of those that are friends that I may not know personally. And, and seeing even posts from people I have no no contact with. I'm not friends on Facebook. All these people that have loved ones in the healthcare world dealing with whatever illnesses or COVID or whatever it is. And it gets, it gets tiring when you're cut off from the body. And for those of you that have always joined us on Facebook or, or on, new, uh, on live programming, whatever it is, uh, and have not been able to come to our body before all this social distancing. I understand what y'all are going through because it's not the same, even though you're joining live for services and you're, you, you're hearing the word right then and there and you're being able to join in praise in your own home or wherever you may be, it's completely different than actually being in a group, a body together each holy day, each Sabbath. And... I was just thinking on, you know, the Apostle Paul mentioned it multiple times and, and taught Timothy and the different ones, including us, these many years from Paul's death in the time that these epistles that he wrote, that by the anointing of the Holy Spirit, that we should live a certain way and what our purpose is and that's what the title of this is, is what's my purpose? So many times we get, maybe not maliciously, I know I, do, I have to fight it. Sometimes we get selfish. We get, we get our mind on the flesh, and we, it's not that we're intentionally doing it. We just do. We, that's the nature of the flesh that we're trying to subdue. Paul said we buffet our body, body daily, and we don't just flail in the air with the, the, the blows we land to our flesh. We... we systematically and on point target it that way it's not a hindrance that way it doesn't complicate things that because the whole purpose we're here 
the calling that we've been called with is such a high calling that we were not worthy of in our own merit. We don't deserve it in our own merit. I look back at my life and I say, why me? How, how am I deserving of any of this? And I'm not in my own right. But the Lord, he's, He didn't see His equality with the Father something selfishly to hang on to. The Father loved us so much before the foundation of this world that He wanted a family. And the Son decided in agreement with the Father's will that He would forever make Himself subservient to reach that goal, to, to provide a way to make us worthy of that calling. And if we've surrendered, submitted, asked forgiveness and repented of our ways and we seek Him and seek His way, and, and no matter how bitter the taste is to our flesh, I know mine, my, some of my weaknesses, and I still have to fight them, just not to the degree, and, it, and we'll always have to fight something in this world and endure, but was temper and attitude and and being vengeful and wanting not justice but vengeance on anyone I thought wronged me. And then over time, the Lord allowed me to go through those difficult, hard, and most trying times just, if nothing else, to learn that that was not my purpose. My purpose, the reason He allowed that was for me to realize what His nature was, how much more beautiful and precious that nature is. So starting in Philippians 2, verses 1, If therefore there is any encouragement in Christ, if there is any consolation of love, if there is any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and compassion make my joy complete, by being of the same mind, maintaining the same love, united in Spirit, intent on one purpose, do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind let each of you regard one another as more important than himself, and do not merely look out for your own personal interest, but also for the interest of others. Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, or selfishly hung on to, but be emptied, but em emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. It is so easy, especially in this country, in the United States, that we're far blessed more financially and everything and free, freedom-wise than most other countries and all, all our brethren around the world, whether it be India or Africa or Europe in some places or the Arab countries or any of those such places. It's, we have the freedom. And, and so many of us, including myself at times, have squandered that freedom. And now, now we find ourselves in a very trying time. And unfortunately, this isn't a judgment against y'all. I know myself. I get aggravated at myself when I see myself whining and throwing a little temper fit or starting to. And I realize how richly blessed we are in this country, even with this pandemic that we're having to fight battle and, you know, prepare for and try to try to limit the effects upon those that we care about. It's so easy to be selfish. You go into the stores and you see there's no products. 
And most of it, until they started restricting the purchases, was because people were selfish for their own family. They just hoard it. They just buy bulk instead of buying enough to get them through for a short period of time and then go back and get some more. Then you have people that have nothing, that don't have that item, that can't get that item because someone was greedy. And it's it's prone, all of us, it's, it's all of us in the flesh are prone to look out for ourselves. That's the exact attitude the enemy Lucifer had before he became Satan, before sin was found in him. That was the sin. Pride. He lifted himself up in pride. He became selfish, thinking he deserved more than everybody else, including he deserved to be on the throne above the Lord, above the Father. And that is the very nature that we must fight against. Our purpose is not, my purpose is not to see what happened see what's best for John's life. I don't need to go about, that's not what I was created for. I can, but it, I'm, I'm, if I do, I'm not living up according to the purpose that I may not even know. Some of us, I know for years, I didn't realize even a portion of my calling, and I still don't fully know. I just get a glimpse here or there is why the things in my life, even my mistakes were allowed Sometimes I've seen God just because my heart was surrendered, He just took control. He just absolutely took control, and, and it was like I wasn't even part of the equation, and He just handled it right through me. And other times I look at it, what I just did or what attitude I had or how I responded, and I'm ashamed. It's because of that nature of flesh. And it's it's one thing, like He said in the in the Ten Commandments, to love your neighbor as yourself, to not do anything ill towards your neighbor or covet your neighbor's belongings or whatever. But the new commandment He gives us, which we'll read in just a little bit, is not just to love each other as ourselves, which is a selfish love. We love ourselves with a selfish love. We Even when we love other people in the flesh, we're doing it for selfish motives to... to get some praise or some kind of connection you know it's just if we look at it and honestly evaluate our motives we'll realize as pure as we think we are in the flesh they're not pure motives they're not that's not pure love but we're to love others as Christ loved us which means even if they're malicious towards us or our loved ones we're supposed to be willing immediately to forgive and not hold it to account you look at Stephen who was so emboldened by the Holy Spirit that he just shot the truth out. It was harsh. They didn't want to hear it. So they lashed upon him, even with gnashing of teeth, and rocked and stoned him. And as they were doing that, he issued no ill will towards them. In fact, he said, the very words of Christ, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And then we see people that, or have heard people say, what kind of God is this? He must not care, or he must be cruel to allow us to go through truth trials or tribulations but he's allowing things to fulfill our purpose to give us the fullest reward that we can have the most holy reward we can have which is to be heirs co-heirs with Christ heirs to the kingdom his children we can't be that if we act like the Sadducees the Pharisees the religious leaders of the time who he clearly said you're of your father the devil in Ephesians, or in John, sorry, chapter 13, verse 34, as most of you may be aware, I think I've mentioned it before, 
I recently, before all this virus started, started a new job in the healthcare. And so the stress of being sure I'm careful not to get a virus, whether it be COVID or anything else, and be reckless and transmit it to other patients or other coworkers, or if a patient has something to, to take the proper precautions and the proper training and, and try to avoid spreading it around, it weighs on you. It weighs, and I can I can just only imagine how many the people out here that are nurses, doctors, any kind of healthcare, even if you're in a janitorial part of it, it's trying. It's fatiguing. It's so it's a heavy weight because if you have the right attitude, not only are you concerned about your family when you come back to them, but you're so concerned about not being reckless and jeopardizing innocent lives. And this is a time for us to shine if we'll let it if we'll let the Lord work in us. And so many times every day, especially if I'm at work, I run through my mind what attitude am I operating in? Am I operating in, in kind of a moody, selfish, stressed out attitude, or am I operating in a joy and a peace that's not really understandable? Lightening the mood, blessing the people that I work with and blessing the people I have to care for. And I'm so blessed to have this job, even though, one, I never saw myself being able to be in that line of work because of what battle I had with my flesh. And two, with all this virus, I mean, that's basically jumping in on the front lines. Not that I guess I wouldn't have, but I didn't never saw myself. I wouldn't have ever thought of it. And the Lord just opened those doors just before this. So I know it's his will. I know it's his will that I'm there and to try to be as much of a witness as I can be. Verse 30, uh, 34 of John 13. And the last few, all of John's beautiful, but the last few chapters are absolutely beautiful. But we're only going to read 34 for the sake of time. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. It's not a matter of, oh, well, I love you. Have a nice day. It's the sacrificial love. It's the love that will put ourselves at risk of not just a virus, but anything. We'll take our time out of whatever we were wanting to do or want, whatever we had planned to do if someone needs us, that we stop and help and do it with the right attitude, not of an attitude of, oh, look at me. I need to get some kind of praise or, or reward because if we do it for man's praise, we've gotten our reward. That's what the Scripture says. That's not why the Lord did it. That's not, why the, that's not what got the Lord through the garden and, and through that whole long night and up through the sacrifice on the cross. It was the joy set before him. It was the passion he had for everyone that would repent. Everyone. For God so loved the whole world that he gave his son. Even for Judas Iscariot, he washed his feet. He did not treat him evil. And also, he never allowed the others to understand what he was doing. Even though he clearly said, the one that dips with me, he's going to betray me. They didn't understand it, and he and he protected Judas in that and the others not to have the wrong attitude because we can see the zealot, and especially Peter, if he would have known, he probably he would have probably did worse than what he did with the high priest's servant when he chopped off his ear. Ephesians chapter 1, starting in verse 3, 
Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, just as He has chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that which we should be holy, blameless before Him in love. You know, when Paul mentions the gifts, whether it be the prophecy or teaching or, or the gift of tongues or healing or whatever, he said you can have every one of those, but if you do not have love, it's meaningless. If you don't have that love that Christ loved us with the very nature of the Father, His nature is pointless. You can be one of these mass, these men of old that went around and people were raised up lame, were walking blind, were seeing, cancer was removed, all these all these we hear those stories of or see those videos of that actually happened. If you don't operate in love, all that's meaningless. So you heal the people. It doesn't do any good if there's not love, that true, sacrificial, unselfish love. Let us be about our Father's nature. That's who we're to be. There's the People should recognize us according to the nature we have. And they hopefully, and my prayer is that they see us that are His children as His children and not say, well, they are no different than the world or that's a Christian. And we'll have people accuse us, that's clear. But let us not be reckless with that. Let us carry on the, the, the attitude and character of our Father in heaven. He predestined us to be adopt to us to adoption as sons or to be set as sons through Christ Jesus to himself according to the kind intention of his will. It was his will. He freely and clearly chose in the middle of all this, in the middle of all the pain he knew he was going to have to face that I would bring him the the rebellion, the the blaming him, the accusing him that I have done multiple times and I'm ashamed of it, but I have done it and I've repented of it. I don't want to be that person anymore. I don't want that character. That character is is so, so evil. It's just completely in opposition to his character. We're to be Christ-like. That's what Christian means, Christ-like. Walk in the manner and the love. Jesus never opened his mouth to defend himself. The Holy Spirit defended him through whatever means was necessary, but He never, and He was innocent. He took upon our guilt. That's the reason He didn't open His mouth is because He was bearing our sins. So who are we to get an attitude and get vengeful, get selfish and mouthed off because of some interpreted wrong that we've done? Let us be of that nature. Back over in Philippians, as we get ready to close, I see so many, so many people stressed right now. I've seen it, whether it be in the workplaces, whether it's friends' workplaces, whether it's family, whether it's just this unknowing, this, because it's clear the Lord's allowed this for multiple purposes, but one is to, to draw, warn people and draw them back to Him. He did it countless times with the children of Israel. He would allow things to befall them, if nothing else, to make them stronger, to make them more in tune with Him. It took the it took the saints 
from the end of atonement or from the end of Passover and the unleavened bread all the way up into the day of atonement to get in one mind and one accord for the Holy Spirit to fall. We're not to be selfish. We're not to be bickering amongst ourselves. We're not to have any kind of any kind of attitude, any kind of hate, any kind of bitterness, any kind of contempt for anyone, especially not the brethren. And I know I'm not, not fully there yet because that nature still tries to rise up. That dog, that old Indian adage, there's two dogs inside of me. One's evil, one's good. And they asked him, well, which one's going to win? He said, the one you feed the most. The one you feed. Let's not feed the wrong one. Closing in Philippians 2, starting in verse 14. It says, Do all things without grumbling or disputing, that you may prove yourselves to be blameless and innocent, children of God above reproach in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you appear as lights in this world. How many times in my life, I, I don't even want to count the number because it's countless times, did I throw a little temper fit? Did I get grumbly? Did I, did I continue to whine instead of doing what I was here for? To complain, to blame God, to blame others, to, to even blame myself, to just throw temper fits, just needless temper fits, like a little brat that needs his butt whooped. And sometimes the Lord would. He would correct me. Sometimes He was merciful. It didn't please Him that I was that way. But He was merciful in His correction with love. But He corrected me. And the more time I submitted, and you have to submit to the correction because if you don't, it does no good. Eventually you're going to be hardened. And, and you will not serve your purpose. I think of Joseph and I marvel at him. It never records him ever falling into the grumbling, the complaining. And I think of Job and, and while he was going through those things and he told his wife, is it right that we accept only good things from God and not difficult things as well? Are we going to turn against him when our day doesn't go smoothly? When we start getting pricked by the thorns on the rose bush? Who are we, how are we better than the Lamb of God, His only begotten Son, our Savior? How are we better than Him? I'm not. I, he asked me, he Asked me years ago, are you better than him? How do you have the right to do that when he didn't? And it crushed me. It broke me because I knew I was guilty. I knew I was full of vengeance and hate and selfishness and deserved it. And he did everything without uttering a defense for himself. So let us endeavor, especially in this dark time, to make sure we're lights to this world. We're ambassadors of Christ. We're His children. We're the very mouthpiece, hands and feet, and body of Christ. And if the world and the body doesn't get the nourishment from us, doesn't get the example from us, yes, God can do it Himself, but He calls us to be His body, to be His spokesman, to be His example. Verse 16, Holding fast, the word of life, so that in the day of Christ I may have cause to glory because I did not run in vain or toil in vain. What is the greatest fear I have ever had when I was not being reckless and rebellious is to do all of my life to try to live for Him and fail, and to fail Him, and to disappoint Him, and to dishonor Him. 
I don't want to do that. If that's if that's my lot in life, unless he needs me to go through the whole thing, I would just soon not be here if I'm just going to fail him. I've count. I've prayed to him before. Just take me out if that's. It's kind of like Moses said. We don't want to go anywhere. We don't want to go. Just kill us now. Just take us out if you won't go with us. Do you have that heart? Do you have that mindset? Do you want to be with him no matter what? Do you want to please him and be part of him? Let us be about that. Verse 17. But even if I'm being poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrifice and service of your faith, I rejoice and share my joy with you all. Paul poured himself as a drink offering out to the body. He was in prison. He said, I would rather be gone. I would rather be gone and with the Father. But if if it's better for y'all, if it's necessary for y'all to endure, to make it, for me to endure through more of this torture, more of this imprisonment, more of this seclusion, how now we're getting a taste of it in this country where we're secluded from those we love. We're cut off other than online, and it's not the same. He was willing to endure that for his loved ones and the faith, for those that the Lord loved. Let us be about that nature. Closing in verse 18, And you too, I urge you, rejoice in the same way and share your joy with me. Yes, it's a dark time and it sounds crazy. It sounds, if I, me saying this, it's pretty much me guaranteeing people are going to say, well, he's a nut. He's a lunatic. To be joyous in this time. To have not careless fun, not 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 disrespectful fun or, or joy, but to bring joy and laughter and, and try to be an uplifting force in people's lives that are in this dark world and an encouragement, we're not going to be spared from it. Jesus wasn't spared from it. He's going to be with us through it, but we're not going to get some kind of get out of jail free card and never have to go through it. The Olympians and the boxers and all these people that do these awesome feats that are undefeated or the greatest of all time in whatever sports or endeavor it is, they didn't wake up and just one day they're the greatest. They went through hours, years, their whole life spent in torture and fatigue and stress and training to get to achieve that. If we're going to run the race, why not run to win? Why just run to waste our time? What's the point? What's the point if you're going to waste your time? Let us have faith because there is to be there is faith. That this is not the end. Even if we're even if I should get this virus and the worst should happen. It's not the end. I, I trust that the Lord rose from the dead. And if I'm faithful and repentant, I will too. I'll rise from the dead in that time. So let us have faith. Let us have joy. If you're convinced like Abraham, the devil can't win. He can't conquer you. If you have that faith that Abraham had when he was willing to sacrifice his son, knowing that was him giving up the promise, but trusting that the father who gave him the promise would still hold the even if he had to raise Isaac from the dead he would make that promise true the devil couldn't win after that he was unconquerable let us be unconquerable in this time praise the lord